If you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor. And it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection. And I want that for you. This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hello and welcome to the Behind the Mirror podcast. Today we are talking all about trust issues and if you are like me, you probably have loads of them. So I'm going to share a bit from my journey about how I developed the trust issues I have and some tools that I have learned to reconnect myself into wanting to invest in people again. Because if you're like me and you've been burned, you're like, I'm all done investing in people. I'm checking out. I've been there, done that. This is an ongoing journey for me. And in this episode, I share with you where I'm at, where I've been, and the tools that I'm using to climb out of it. I'm also going to talk about our trust issues with God, as that has been an ongoing thing for me that I've been working through inside my own heart and inside my own space. And that may be something that resonates with you also. So I'm going to open up about that as well. And this is a good episode. It's one that I've just been chewing on for a while. And I've been writing and writing and thinking and thinking. And I was like, you know, I am done now. I am ready to to share uh, little gems that I have unearthed along the way of this journey of being deeply hurt by people and wanting to not ever trust anyone ever again to reopening that part of my heart and learning how to trust again. So I think you'll get a lot out of this episode. Before we dive in, I have to thank the wonderful Patreons that are continuing to support this show. You guys, I know I say it all the time, but you are truly the heartbeat behind this work. And we have a new Patreon this week. We have Miss Jenny Gerard. And I hope I said your name right. I am so sorry if I didn't. But Jenny has jumped on to be a new Patreon and supporting this show monthly. And I am so happy to have you in this wonderful group of Patreons and so grateful for how you're supporting this work and my family and me. So thank you so very much. It means the world. To all of you who love this show and love the community, I am so grateful for all of you. And I cannot believe that we are this close to the end of 2018. I've been doing this most of this year and it's crazy. I'm like, where has the time gone? Um, If you have enjoyed this show and you're getting stuff out of it, I would ask you in the close of this year to do me a favor and go to iTunes and leave the show a review. I love the reviews. They are so helpful for me and they also help other people find this, this show too. So If you haven't done that yet, do me a favor, hop over there and do it. It takes just a few seconds. I love you guys, and I am excited to dive into this topic. So without any further ado, here we go. (music) 
I would start this episode by just being a little bit vulnerable and a little bit raw about this journey for me personally, because Lord knows I have had my my rounds of of frustration and anger and pounding the pavement going, why, 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 with trust issues. And for me personally, I think I came into the world maybe not fully trusting, but pretty trusting. And I think most children do. When you look at children, it is it's pretty normal for them to be naive. It's normal for them to latch on quickly. It's normal for them to tell their deepest, darkest secrets right out of the gate. Like, unless you have a child that's gone through trauma, those traits are pretty common. And I don't think I was much different than that. I, I do tend to have a skeptic's lens. But again, as a young girl, I was pretty naive and pretty trusting. And so, I look back over my life and, you know, if you were to ask me, when was trust broken? I mean, how far back do I have to start? Like, and I think this is true for so many of us. I can think of childhood broken trust moments when an adult was supposed to look out for me and they didn't or abuse happened or a friend hurt my feelings at school because she told a secret that I trusted her with, right? Like, it doesn't take long for you to begin the journey of life dealing with some trust issues. And when I get into adulthood, this is when I feel like, ugh, that was when it really cemented in my heart that I was all done trusting people. And I don't like saying that. I don't like admitting that. But the God honest truth is that I did come to a point when I said, you know what? I'm all done. I don't want to get close to anybody anymore. I don't want to risk getting hurt anymore. I don't want to invest in something that's going to turn out to be a poor investment. I just don't want to. And that happened through divorce for me. That happened through church groups going sour. That happened through friendships that didn't pan out the way I thought they would. That happened in a lot of different areas. And so you compile all of that and then you get to this season in life where here I am in my mid thirties and I'm like, yuck, (laughs) been there, done that. I don't want to invest. I, I will take my choice view and be a hermit. Thank you very much. Right. And so I just want to give a little, um, caveat to this episode that This is something that's a work in progress for me. And this is where I am at on my own journey of inner work and my own journey of spirituality and faith and all of that stuff. I do continue to circle back to the issue of trust. And and this is a topic that I've wanted to talk about previously, but I just wasn't quite ready. And I am now at a place where I feel ready to talk and I feel ready to expose Um, the journey I've been on and how I am climbing out of it. So definitely not coming from a place of perfection, but certainly coming from a place of understanding and empathy and saying, oh, I so get it. And I'm so walking this eggshell road with you because it does feel like that, doesn't it? Like one step forward, one step back, one step And all of a sudden you've broken that fragile little thing you were standing on. It's just, it's a tender thing, but yet we're made to be in connection with people. 
And we get really lonely when we don't have connection with people. So given that that's a need, and given that so many of us have issues with trust, you have to start looking at this stuff. I have to start looking at this stuff. And so that being said, that's what I'm diving into today. And so I want to start with this whole, and this may seem simple to you, but but sometimes the the powerful moments in our minds when things start to click are in the details. And so I wanted to get a little detailed on just the vague question of why we have so many trust issues. And if I were to ask you that question, you could probably like rattle off five people's names and you're like, that is the person, that is the family member, that is the group, that is the job or whatever. That is when I developed so many trust issues. It's their fault. And so you might think all of us would have a different answer to that question, but I actually believe the root of all of our answers are pretty the same. And it's in these four categories. Why we have trust issues. The first one would be, you've been hurt by someone close. Trust issues don't happen with strangers, typically. They happen with that person that is close, that you've let in. They happen with the mom, with a dad, with family, with close friends, with trusted people in your life. So why we have trust issues, the number one thing for most of us is that we've been hurt by someone close. The second thing is that a lot of us feel like we have a history of things turning out badly in the relationship department. And I don't just mean spouses or dating or that sort of thing, although that can play into this too. I'm talking about relationships as a whole. So they could be relationships with your family, or it could be a history of relationships with your friends. It could be a history of relationships with coworkers. It could be a history of relationships that are intimate. Wherever you fall on that, most of us, if we're honest, have that inner yucky feeling that's like, oh my gosh, this is like a pattern for me. Why does this just keep happening? And oftentimes, we don't go much further than that. We just start closing off. Number three, why we have trust issues. You may have been excluded from a community, a faith, or a group of friends. And anytime when you are left out, and especially when you're younger, Anytime that you have felt like the outsider, or you have felt like the spectator, or you have felt unwanted, anytime exclusionary practices are in play, they mark you. And we can brush this stuff off and act like, oh, it was just third grade. It doesn't matter. But truthfully, studies show it does matter. Those moments of feeling like an outsider can be really traumatic. Whether you're a child, an adolescent, or an adult, those moments can leave lasting scars. So for a lot of people that have trust issues, that tends to be in the storyline as well. The fourth thing, why we have trust issues. You confided or trusted in someone only to have that trust broken. And to me, I cannot think of a more 
sacred area for me personally than when I choose to let my guard down, let someone in and trust them deeply. When I do that, we're walking on some holy ground. We're walking on sacred territory, right? Like this is not just a flippant small deal for someone like me or someone like you who has a history of broken relationships or trust issues, right? Like this is a big deal. And when you choose to take that step and confide something sacred, confide something intimately inside of you and you share it with another person and that trust, that sacred bonding moment was broken, whether it was broken in front of you or behind your back or somewhere else, that breaking can render your heart undone to where you don't want to ever open up again. You don't want to take that risk again because it's so painful. So these four areas are what I think are the common threads between all of our trust issues, between all of our stories. You may only have one or two on the list or you may have all four, but these are the things that I believe create a perfect recipe for the perfect storm to have very intense trust issues. And so when you find yourself on the end, on the backside of those events, this is where we close off and we just avoid getting close to people altogether. And it is not hard to do that in this day and age, I might add. You know, you think about back when people actually lived in community, back when people's houses had open door policies and tribes and communities ate together, raised babies together, fought together, had a community-like way of living, it must have been really difficult to avoid getting close to people. Like that would have made it harder. But in this day and age, it is easy to close yourself off and live a perfectly normal life. We drive in our garages. We close the doors behind us. We avoid talking to neighbors. You can even attend a church or a faith group and you can sit on the back row. You can park yourself there, clock yourself in and walk yourself right on out when it's done. You can say hello and be friendly to your coworkers. Go to your desk, get your work done, but avoid anything below the surface. You can even have groups of friends that you hang out with, go to dinner with, go get drinks with, and still keep everything pretty surface and keep everyone else at bay. Or if you're someone like me, you can have the ability to let everyone else open up and share all of their deepest, darkest stuff with you while you nod and hug and empathize, but choose to keep all of your stuff to yourself because you just don't want to risk it. We have created a culture where living inside our fear of trusting other people, we've made it very, very easy. And I think that that is why this is such an issue. And truthfully, I believe this is why We have such lonely people. One of the number one things that break people down is loneliness. And sadly, there are teenagers, teenagers who are going into like high schools every day where they're kind of forced to do communal living, if you will. I mean, they spend eight hours a day eating together, learning together, doing projects together. And yet even in that environment, They can bury themselves inside their electronics. They can bury themselves inside their homework. They can bury themselves inside their little space. 
and they can feel incredibly lonely. So loneliness is an epidemic and I personally have felt it. I have gone through my heaviest moments of depression have been when I have felt the most disconnected, the most isolated and lonely. And that I know and I know that that's a true thing for so many people. Like that's not unique to me. That is a symptom of broken trust when you just are all done. And I think a lot of us would say well, yeah, I would like love to trust people again, but because of Mark or because of Sally or because of Lindsay or whomever you want to label it, I have these issues now and I'm sorry. I just can't get over them. That person wrecked me. They ruined me. And because of that group or those people or that incident, I'm done. So sorry, but I'm like broken and done. And I get that. I so get that. But one thing I really want to zoom in on is that something I am painfully learning right now is that not trusting other people isn't really your issue. And that kind of sounds a little bit silly when we're talking about trust issues to then flip it around and say, that not being able to trust other people isn't the problem. Well, then what is the problem? I know that sounds goofy, but this is something that I really want you to try to wrap your head around because this has been monumental for me. The real issue isn't the other people. It really isn't. The real issue is the belief that you can't trust yourself. Because if you are someone like me and you fall into those categories that I mentioned above where you've been hurt by someone close and you've been excluded from certain groups, friends, what have you, you've confided, trusted in people only to have that trust broken and you seem to have a repetitive pattern of bad relationships. Hello to divorces here. When you start to see a history, when you start to see a pattern developing, it's not that I quit remembering what those people did to break my trust, but the focus became very, very centered on, oh my gosh, the problem must be me because I chose to invest in those people. I chose to marry those people. I chose to get close to that group. I chose to invest myself there. I'm the common denominator. And so if I was the one making these choices, then I'm certainly not going to get close to anyone else because I don't trust my own judgment. I don't trust my ability to pick the right kinds of people to invest in. I don't trust my own judgment to pick the right person to marry. I don't trust my own judgment to pick the right people to be close friends with or to do community life with. I don't trust me. And I think if we're honest, a lot of us deep down have that fear, which is ultimately why we close ourselves off. It's not that we are petrified of the neighbor living next door. It's not that we think that they are going to do something like horribly terrible to break our trust again. It's the fact that, you know what, been there, done that, invested, gotten to know, gotten close with, and I chose wrong. 
that was the wrong person for me to invest in. So you know what? I'm going to take myself out of the equation, tapping out. I'm all done. And so I think a lot of us, if we're honest, that's where we end up. And that's why we ultimately close ourselves off. When I look back over the history of my life, and more specifically the history of my choices, the decisions that I made as far as relationships go with friends and um, communities and spouses, and even dating relationships for that matter, when I look back at my history, which I've done recently, which was not pleasant, I might add, um, I look back over that and truthfully, Every single one that ended badly, I can look back and see the moments when I had that gut feeling that maybe something was off. I can look back and say with complete sincere honesty that my first, and I'll tell you this story, this is something I can laugh about now because I was like barely 18, so this feels like a lifetime ago. And um, my first husband and I, we have a great working relationship now. But as I've shared with you guys, that relationship was very painful and very awful and yucky and hard and all the things. But that's a whole other chapter of my life. We're in a good place now. But I remember my wedding day and I was sitting in my dressing room, right? And here I am, this 18-year-old bride, right? Like, as skinny as I'll ever be. The hair was perfect. The makeup was perfect. The dress was perfect. The venue was perfect. The flowers were perfect. Like everything was my fairy tale, like all of it. And I'm sitting in my dressing room and I was just staring out the window. And this thought crossed my mind of, you know, if I jump out the window, maybe my cousin, who was my maid of honor, Maybe she would like know that I was running away and she would go get like a car and she'd come get me and, and then she would drive me away. These are not thoughts that brides, I would hope that are marrying the love of their life would feel before they get married. But I was legitimately having thoughts of throwing myself out a window and getting in a car and driving away. And I laugh about that now because I mean, I threw up every day for a week before that wedding. Like I, everything in me instinctively, my body, my mind, my thoughts were all saying run. (laughs) Like every single like gut instinct I had was screaming at me. But my sweet little 18 year old self who'd been raised in such a good Christian home there in Tennessee, she had been taught not to trust herself. She had been taught that her own instincts, her own will, her own determination, her own free thinking, her own thoughts were bad. And so she learned how to throw out, ignore, push aside every gut instinct she had and accept everyone else around her's opinions and advice and declarations for what she should do. And my friends, this is right here where we went wrong. It was not the people who betrayed your trust. 
Although they, I'm sure they were terrible, awful people. And I'm sure they hurt you deeply. And I'm sure they were wrong. I'm sure of all of that. But I'm also sure that somewhere along the line, you had red flags. You had gut instincts. You had an inner knowing that you had trained yourself to tune out of. We train ourselves to tune that out because either when we're younger or maybe when we're coming into young adulthood, especially if you have a background of an evangelical Christian faith like I did, I was taught that my inner self was sinful and wicked and that I and my heart could not be trusted because it was evil. I was taught that. I mean, they had scriptures that they used to teach that. And so, well, what does one do when one can't trust their own inner knowing, when one can't trust their gut, when one can't trust their own free thinking? Well, you ignore every thought that pops in your head and every gut feeling you have, and you listen to everyone around you. This is why people are obsessed with megachurch pastors, because that is the voice that they have trusted and trained themselves to listen to. This is why people get super attached to leadership in church. This is why people latch on to mentors. This is why people latch on unhealthily to friends that they trust and respect, because they don't believe they can trust their own voice. They don't believe they can trust their own gut. And so they replace that with other voices, which is exactly what I was taught to do and what I had done my entire life. And so when I look back over my life, every single decision that I made that turned out in broken trust, guess what? I had a waving red flag going into that relationship. Waving, screaming. I had gut instincts galore. But every time, I chose not to listen. Because subconsciously, subliminally, somewhere in the back of my mind, I had been conditioned to believe that I was not worthy of being listened to. That my gut instincts were wrong. That my heart couldn't be trusted because it was wicked and full of all kinds of evil. And so I had to listen to other people instead. My daughter, my eight-year-old daughter, um, I talk about her in the podcast group, uh, the Facebook group a lot. Her name is Viola. And I call her my little um, spiritual guru because she is like full of wisdom beyond her years. I swear to God himself, he gave me a 45-year-old wrapped up in an eight-year-old's body. It's simply fantastic. But Viola said to me the other day, we were driving in the car and she said, she goes, you know what, mom? No one will ever know me as well as I know myself. I mean, this is this kid. Like, she, like, shoots out these words of wisdom that I'm going, oh, my gosh, where did that come from? And I look back at her, and I was like, Viola, you are so right. And then I told her, I said, you know, I heard a poet say one time that the most important relationship is your first relationship. And she said, what does that mean? I said, it's what you just said. Your first relationship is with you. It's the most important relationship, and it's the first. And no one will ever know you better than the way you know yourself. 
And she just kind of thought about that. And then she, I mean, I should have just recorded it. She carried on with tons of extra thoughts and insight about that that were just fascinating. But my point is, is that it's such a tragedy and it's so sad. And the long-term effects of damage are so great when a person is somehow, whether through religion, whether through family, whether through abuse, whatever the situation was, are taught to not trust their own inner knowing, to not trust their own instincts and their own gut, because no one knows your right path better than you. Nobody. Nobody. Should I have listened to all the people who were telling me that this was the marriage from God, that this was what God wanted for me, that this was the path I was supposed to go down when I was vomiting every time I thought about getting married and was ready to hurl myself out of a window on my wedding day. Um, yeah, no, I should have listened to me, but I was taught to ignore me because everybody else knew better. And so when you look back down your path, of decisions that turned out badly when it comes to relationships, I venture a guess that nine times out of 10, and I get that there are some exceptions, but nine times out of 10, I bet you the red flags were waving. I bet you that your instinct was dead on. You just didn't listen to it. So how do we rebuild trust? When we find ourselves closed off, when we have this, this history of learning to not trust our instincts, right? How, how do we begin? How do we rebuild? Well, it may sound simple, but you start with you. You start with yourself. You have to reconnect with your instincts. You have to give yourself permission to listen to them. I venture a guess that somewhere in your life story, that permission was taken away from you to trust your gut, to trust your instinct, to be told that actually you really do know what's best for you. You have to reconnect with that space because when you're not in tune with that voice, you're going to walk into continued patterns of relationships going wrong because you're listening to voices other than your instinct. Your instinct is always right. I don't know how it works. I really don't. I don't know how, with zero information, my gut told me exactly what I was walking into in my first marriage. And I'm not going to get into the details of that, but my gut knew. I knew what I was walking into. I knew what heartaches were probably waiting for me. But I told myself I was being paranoid. I told myself I was being ridiculous. I told myself, everybody else says he's great, blah, 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 blah. He says that I'm just being silly. So I'm going to believe him, right? Like our instincts know. Our instincts know. You have to reconnect with that part of you and give yourself permission to get to know that part of you and give that that voice, an audience. Some people disconnect so much with their gut that they don't even know how to reconnect. They're like, I don't even know what my own gut sounds like. Like I forgot about that instinct when I was 10. It shut down. I don't know how to even connect there. Well, 
This is where you have to get quiet, real quiet, and start listening to your body. And for me, this is how I have reconnected with some of my instincts. I think our body, kind of like when I said um, on my wedding day, I was like throwing up. I mean, and I'm not kidding. I threw up obsessively and I'm not a thrower upper. Actually, I hold my throw up for like, I think I held it for like four days once. I, I abhor throwing up. Like I haven't thrown up in years. I went like a straight decade once without it. Like I just do, I am not a person that throws up. So to say that I threw up on a daily basis for a week straight is so opposite of me. Like I am known for being the one who can hold my vomit and not throw up. So the fact that I was that sick and it wasn't that I had a flu or anything, it was just, you mentioned the wedding and that's where I was. I was in the bathroom. My body was screaming at me something that my mind was refusing to hear. So you may have tuned out of your own voice, your own gut instinct in your in your heart of hearts that knows that voice. You may have tuned out of that. I get that. I learned how to tune out of that too. But what doesn't ever tune out is our bodies. Our bodies are like crazily, amazingly made. And they are so wired to our gut. to And not only just our gut like physically, but like your nervous system, your gut, your feelings, your heart, your hurt, your pain, your fears, like it all is interconnected. Like it's, it's not compartmentalized the way a lot of us think it is. And so get connected with your body. And I've heard that some therapists, like when people come into their office and they have no way to tell the therapist what's wrong. Like they don't even know what to say. The therapist does this technique where they say, okay, so you're going to like just lay down and I want you to think about your shoulders, think about your arms, think about your stomach, think about your legs, your feet, your hands. They go through everything and they say, tell me how all of that feels. Like how do your shoulders feel right now? How does your back feel? How does your stomach feel? And amazingly, and I've done this. Amazingly, you're like laying there and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, my shoulders hurt so badly. And the therapist will say something like, well, ask your body why your shoulders hurt. And this sounds so woo-woo and silly. And I thought it was woo-woo and silly, but I tried it and I was like, I went inside, right? And I was like, okay, body, why shoulders? Why are you hurting? Tears streamed down my face. Because you know what immediately came out of my mouth? And I didn't see this coming. I immediately said, my shoulders are tired because I am carrying the weight of so many people on my back. And I sat there and just wept. I didn't walk in thinking that was my problem. I didn't walk in thinking that, I mean, that was nowhere on my radar. I had lost so much connection with my inner gut and my inner knowing of what was wrong and why I was withdrawn and why I was struggling But my body had a map for me. My body was like, okay, maybe you're going to listen to this. (laughs) Maybe if we start freaking out enough in your nervous system and in your muscles, then maybe you're going to get the memo. So my encouragement to you is that if you've lost sight and lost connection with that voice, try tapping into your body. Like, try that. 
just be still and quiet and go through your body and just start checking in with it. Like, okay, head, why are you pounding? Why are you really pounding? And just see what pops to the surface. This is a practice I now do on my own. And it's so insightful. Um, And of course, we could get into how our bodies legitimately will shut down if we ignore emotional stuff. Um, People develop all kinds of chronic issues and and no, um, no joking aside, a lot of the issues that people develop have to do with your, your inner gut system. A lot of, um, digestive issues happen. I mean, all kinds of things can be results of, of undealt with stress, undealt with emotional pain, undealt with issues. And for me, and for a lot of you with some trust issues, a lot of it comes back to you not being in tune with your gut instincts. Okay, so I'm going to move past that for a minute and breathe a little bit of hope into you. I'm going to share with you something my therapist said to me when I was digging through all of this. I was like, all the things we're talking about now, I was saying to her, like, how do I not know that this isn't just going to keep being a pattern? And how do I not know that I'm just going to keep making one bad relationship after another and investing in people that turn out to be crummy? And how do I know? And, and of course, my whole reasoning was why I didn't want to get close to people. And this is what she said to me. She said, for the first time in your life, right now, you are actually learning to listen to your instincts. And so I venture a guess that the kinds of relationships you will be investing in with people are going to turn out a lot differently. Because you're not repeating history. Because your history included you ignoring your instincts, ignoring your red flags, ignoring your gut, ignoring your own voice and your own wisdom. And look how all that turned out, right? But now, for the first time in your life, you're in tune with that. You're listening to that. So your decision making is going to be a lot different. And that gave me so much hope and so much encouragement. And and that's why I wanted to share that portion of my journey with you, because I really think that, that this is where the key is to unlocking our ability to trust again. I, it all comes back to trusting you, trusting yourself. Now, I have to move on to something that always comes up and came up for me and I imagine has probably come up for you somewhere along listening to this episode. Okay, so we've dealt with trusting other people, but what about when trust is broken with God? I feel like I need like a musical background for that, like dun, dun, dun. Like, what do you do when trust is broken with God? Because let's be real. A lot of our decisions, if you come from a faith background, if you come from any sort of community where you are praying, you are fasting, you are believing God for this or that or the other, and you make decisions and they turn out poorly, well, not only is it those other people's fault, but now it looks like God's fault. Why would God lead me down a path only to be ending up so hurt and so frustrated, right? Like, oh, the circles we run in in our minds, right? here's how we start with that. God will always 
align with our instincts always. And if you've made decisions that you believed God was leading you towards and they turned out badly and now your trust is broken with God, you might want to take some inventory as to the voice that you're connecting with inside that you believe is God. For many people, including myself, somewhere along the journey, we're taught to replace God's voice in our mind with a counterfeit voice. And it's usually a voice you trust. It's usually a voice you respect. For many people, that voice becomes their pastor's voice. They're praying and all of a sudden they hear their senior pastor's voice in their head saying something from a Sunday sermon or some sort of bullet point he had. And all of a sudden it's like, God spoke to me. For others, it could be a podcast you're listening to. It could be this podcast. Please don't make me God's voice in your mind. I'm serious. Do not. (laughs) It could be people you respect. It could be books that you're reading. It could be that Christian bestie that you just love to pieces and you hold on to their advice like gold. And so everything they say becomes your God voice and your God mantra in your mind. I um, had a friend once and loved her dearly. And She would call me every single time she had to make a decision. And I get that we bounce stuff off people. I do that. I'm not, I'm not knocking that, but this was a little bit different because every time she called me, it was legitimately as though I had this weighted responsibility to tell her what God's will for her was. And she never worded it that way, but it was like, I felt that heaviness and any answer I gave her was ultimately what she would choose. And I didn't really catch on to this for a while because I love connecting with people. I love sharing in their journeys and giving advice when I can. I love that. But but I, it was somewhere along our relationship, I was like, I kind of feel like she needs to figure this out on her own. Like, I mean, I know what the, my outside perspective would say, but I don't know that that's right. You know what I mean? Like, how do I know that that's the right choice for her? I'm just giving my feedback. Um, And so towards the end of our friendship, I remember shifting a little bit and just saying, asking questions like, well, what do you think you're supposed to do? And when I started asking questions like that, it was like I hit the panic button. She was like, well, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I'm just so confused. And I, and she just kind of panic. And she would always end with, well, that's why I'm calling you. And then, and then, then I also called my other friend and my other friend and she would name like four or five people. And so I realized what she would do every time something got hard, every time there was a big decision at play, she would get on the phone and call her four or five most trusted people. And they would be the voice of God to her because somewhere in her story, somewhere in her journey, she never learned how to be still and connect inside and follow her own path. And I can tell you her path ended up wonky and not good every single time, every single time. And, and I just can't help but think like how much her life could have been different if she had learned to trust herself. And so 
if you feel mad at God for him leading you, quote unquote, down a certain path or into a certain friendship or a certain relationship, and you blame him for how he led you into disaster, first of all, those feelings are valid. Totally get it. Been there. Have a souvenir. But just maybe, maybe it wasn't God that you were listening to. Could it be that in this society that we have built of westernized evangelical America, could it be that not only are we taught to not trust our own voice and to only listen to other people's voices, But could it be that we've also been taught to not trust our ability to hear God so that we have to hear God through our pastor or hear God through our friend or hear God through our family member? If that's the case, that might explain why things keep ending up yucky. Now, I'm not saying that... Once you figure out the gut instinct thing and really figure out how to find the unique God voice inside you, not the one that sounds like your mom or the one that sounds like your pastor, but the unique God voice that speaks just to you, I'm not saying that life gets perfect by any means, but I am saying that the odds of you landing in better places really increase, (laughs) like dramatically increase. The thing is, is that you're still human. You're still going to make decisions emotionally. You're still going to make decisions that you may later feel like, eh, that wasn't right. But I think the gravity of the ones that you make that don't feel right will lessen. And the odds of you landing in some really good relationships and in some really good groups of people will definitely go up when you tune into that inner voice of your instinct and that unique God voice inside you. So rebuilding from this point, if there's broken trust issues with God, the first thing I would recommend you doing is to identify the counterfeit voices. And this can be hard because if you've really married yourself to a certain voice inside your heart, it can be hard to to break up with that voice because it's like a part of you. I've gone through this and this was harder than I thought it would be. Um, But identifying the counterfeit voices can be extremely liberating, extremely liberating. And you just have to empty out all of it, like clean slate it, like empty out the mind, empty out all of the voices and begin listening, like really listening for the first time. When you give yourself permission to trust your instincts, to trust your feelings. I did say that. I did say trust your feelings. And if you've been in church, you were like taught the opposite of that. Like, we can never trust our feelings. Well, you know what? That's what landed me in hot water. Like the first two decades of my life. So I'm just ignoring that. And I'm actually trusting that my feelings, nine times out of 10, actually are pretty dead on. So Trust your feelings. Trust your body. Listen to your body. I heard a quote once that said, you know the truth by the way it feels. And I have, this is how I've dissected in my mind what is true 
meaning true to my instinct, true to the actual voice of the divine versus the counterfeit is how it feels. So when I connect and I feel like I have my answer, or I feel like I have a voice guiding me, if it brings me peace, if it brings me love and it leaves me with clarity, then that's the good side. That That's the side of God. That's the voice of the divine. That is your gut instinct. It will always leave you with a sense of peace. And you may not be happy about the peace that you have. Like if I would have clued in to that voice when I was on my wedding day, I would not have been happy with the reality that I needed to not go through with it. Why? Because I'd be letting people down. My parents had paid for this beautiful wedding. All of my friends were there. I had all these bridesmaids that had bought all these pretty dresses and bought me gifts. And and there was a big reception already made with all the food. And I wouldn't have been happy ending all of that and saying, guys, I made a mistake. But I would have had peace. I wouldn't have been throwing up. My body would have quieted. My mind would have felt at ease in the sense that I knew I was doing the right thing. So peace doesn't always mean happy events. (laughs) Peace doesn't always mean a happy scenario, but peace means your insides, they become still, they settle, they settle down. So if there's peace, if there's love, and if there's clarity, like, the fog lifts, right? And you see things very clear. It's a really, really strong indicator that you're connecting in the right place. Now, if instead your feelings after connecting bring fear, bring shame, bring feelings of hate or confusion, that is not God ever, nor is it your gut Your instinct will always, always line up with God. Always. The two of them are on the same team. Like they are both playing for you to win. They have your inner knowing, your inner spirit self, right? We are spiritual creatures. Your inner self is spiritual. It's connected with God. God and your inner spirit, they've got a thing going. And so they will always line up. And you will feel peace. And you will feel love and you will feel clarity. You will feel a sense of I'm good, right? But if what you're connecting with leaves you feeling afraid and leaves you feeling um, shameful or filled with hate or confused, that's not really you talking and that's not really God talking either. That has been the the litmus test for me. That has been the bar. And I don't know if that's just, you know, something that works for me, but I, I have a strong suspicion that the more simple we make things, the easier they become. And this for me is simple. This litmus test is easy. And it doesn't mean that what God and I come to peace with makes peace with other people. It doesn't mean that what God and I decide my pastor is going to agree with. It doesn't mean that what God and I align ourselves with, that my parents are going to be real happy about it. It doesn't mean that where I land in my walk with God will make everyone happy. But guess what? Your life is not about making people happy. 
It never was supposed to be about making people happy. Your life is about you fulfilling the purpose that you were put here to do. And let me tell you, the purpose starts with you living a full life, a joyful life, a life where your burdens are light and easy. That's what this thing is supposed to be about. And fortunately or unfortunately, those decisions often come at the expense of pissing other people off. But I have never made a decision that was right with my gut and right with God that I wasn't thankful I made. Even though the cost was great, even though people got upset and I upset the package and people got mad at me, I never regretted it because it landed me exactly where I needed to be and that brought me peace. So I will leave you with this, my friends. Your inner knowing, your inner voice, your gut, nine times out of 10 has probably always been right. You just didn't have permission to listen to it. So this is your permission slip to quote Brene Brown. Write yourself a permission slip. This is your permission slip to trust your own inner knowing, to trust your voice, and to trust that you are capable of connecting with the divine completely on your own, apart from anybody else's help. You are. You are infinitely loved. You are perfectly and wonderfully made. Go in peace. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime... Go in peace and know that you are enough.